Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want to thank Dioni here uh, for putting this podcast together. And also, I want to introduce our guest speaker today. We're very um, enthusiastic to welcome him here today virtually, Oscar Garcia. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Claire. Good morning. Hi, Tiani. Thank you so much for putting uh, this podcast together. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, of course. Oscar, um, please go ahead. Give us a brief background about yourself um, and your current role. Sure. So, well, I graduated from Cal uh, a long time ago, 1992. I still took a typewriter, believe it or not, uh, to college. Um, but um since graduating uh, from Berkeley, I have worked in the tech industry uh, for 12 years, uh, uh, more specifically uh, various startups uh, in uh, business development role, sales role. I also co-founded a nonprofit uh, that was totally volunteer based with family and friends. And then uh, after about like I said, about 12 years of working in the tech industry, I decided that I wanted to make a career transition. and. Um, I applied at, and I got hired as the president CEO of the uh, local chamber of commerce. I'm actually in the Bay Area, Mountain View uh, specifically. So uh, I ran the chamber for almost seven years. And then again in 2015, I'm like, I think it's time for me to make another transition. And um, I went to go work at LinkedIn doing community relations work. I did a one-year uh, consulting contract uh, gig there. And it was during that time that it really helped me solidify what my next move was going to be. And that is that I started uh, my own company, Aspita Consulting, uh, five years ago, last month. And um, at, at, at Aspita Consulting, we focus on two things. One is consulting work in the area of community relations, workforce development. And then the second thing is uh, provide trainings to young professionals, uh, job seekers, and also sales professionals in using LinkedIn platform, social selling, developing a professional brand, networking. So that's a little bit about my uh, career journey. Wonderful. Thank you, Oscar. And I remember those days of using a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I am Claire Trias, and I am one of your academic advisors here at the Fung Institute. Um, but yeah, let's let's begin. So today's podcast is about imposter syndrome. But before we dive into a conversation about it, and before I ask Oscar some questions to share his personal experience about it, um, I just want to share with you uh, some very quick bullet points. I like to say cliff notes version of the imposter syndrome syndrome history. So um, imposter syndrome has also been known as uh, fraud syndrome, the imposter experience. Uh, it was first identified 
1978 by two female psychologists, Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. And it was the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck and not because of your talent or qualifications. And what this may look like now in reality is, you know, you might find yourself questioning yourself, asking yourself, do I belong here? Comparing yourself to your colleagues. Uh, those are some things that, um, you know, of what it might look like, what it might, what it might appear like. Um, so I'd like to dive more about this point by asking Oscar. Uh, so Oscar did share with us that he went to Cal as an undergrad. Um, so could you please share with us um, your personal experience going through imposter syndrome as a student here at Cal? Boy, yeah. Um, so when it's so in high school, I'm a first generation uh, professional, uh, only one in my family of 10 uh, siblings that uh, has gone to college. And uh, my my dad had a first grade education, my mom middle school education. My dad was a dishwasher here. My mom worked in housekeeping. Um, the minute I learned how to speak English, which was in kindergarten, I became my parents' translator until they passed away almost five years ago. So my point to that is that I can never go to my parents to ask them even for basic help with third grade math, let alone high school, college guidance, career guidance, or anything like that. And I remember in high school, I, in English, I had all A's. And so I go off to Berkeley and all of a sudden I'm in the subject day, the bonehead remedial English class because I needed help with my writing. I'm like, what the heck happened here? How can I go from like being told and being receiving, you know, uh, excellent grades in English in high school to now I'm being told that my writing sucks. And, and then, you know, walking into, I remember walking into freshman year into Econ 101, Wheeler Hall, 800 plus students in there. I mean, like I'm sitting up in the nosebleed sections. I look down and I look at my Econ 101 professor walk up to the podium. I mean, she looked like a little midget, you know, because I was so high up. She just taps on her podium, goes through the syllabus really quickly. And basically, I'm just, all I saw was 30,000 brains with two legs at Cal and I'm not, I wasn't one of those and I felt that imposter syndrome I felt like I don't belong here what's going on here oh my gosh you know that whole stress well check this out I barely squeaked through uh passing sub uh subject day with a c minus the very next semester I'm in English 1a I get an a I go into English 1b and I get an a and today, one of the things that I get a lot of compliments is on my ability to write. And so that feeling of imposter syndrome for me was, I didn't know what it was, that it was, that it was labeled that. I just felt inadequate, inferior, again, not a sense of not belonging. Um, and so that was part of my imposter syndrome uh, journey at Cal. Thank you, Oscar, for, for sharing that experience. I am also a first-generation college student. Um, Oscar, I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> you mentioned that, you know, you didn't have your parents to confine in, um, and you didn't necessarily know what imposter syndrome was. Did you find 
another outlet? Like, did you, were you able to have conversations like this about feeling inadequate, um, not feeling like you belong, like maybe talking to your friends or maybe an advisor or a professor? Did you ever uh, like reach out to anybody? Well, that's a great question because see, it's because I didn't know that there was a label for that. Um, I didn't know that that's what it was. I just knew the feelings, right? The, 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 the feelings of, again, of, of inferiority, of insecurity, of not being smart enough. And one of the things that I did to tap into, and this is one of the things that I, and I talk a lot about this uh, in some of my trainings, and that is, is that, listen, we all go through crap in life. Crap stinks, but it's also fertilizer because that's what manure is. Manure is crap and it's fertilizer. How we react to the challenges in life is our choice. And what I realized is, and I've seen this through examples from my own parents of resiliency, is, is that when we get punched in the face and the gut, we have two choices. We either can stay down or I look at the example of my parents that they got back up. And so I said, you know what? I don't know what it's called until today, you know, now imposter syndrome. But back then I'm like, you know what? I am not going to give up here on, you know, this, you know, supposedly needing help with my writing. And so what I did is I started going to my floor mates, my professor, my, you know, tutor, someone to help me out. And ultimately, ultimately, and she is still there. Okay. Lupe Gallegos, who uh, at the time was my Chicano studies um, uh, counselor, because that was my major Chicano studies. Man, I, I probably left a lot of snots on her shoulders from crying so much and having her encourage me and, and instill that belief in me. And so to answer your question is, is that it, it, whenever you are feeling, you know, yucky down or whatever, we have to reach back deep down in, 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 inside of us and, and get that inner strength to keep fighting, keep fighting. Uh, and that's what I did. Yes. They, they, thank you, Oscar, for sharing. Um, I want to go ahead and pause for a moment. If any of the students that are here present would like to share their thoughts or any questions, I would like to bring you into the conversation if you would like. So if you would like to do that, feel free to unmute yourself. And if not, we'll go ahead and continue going. Uh, so Oscar, I want to ask you, um, an, an, another thing that that comes to mind is, do you still feel imposter syndrome now? Uh, I don't. As a working see, professional? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a good question. I, no, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it as, as imposter syndrome uh, anymore. When I look at it is more as I'm deficient in some skills. And therefore, either A, do I have the desire to learn and build on those skills or is it or maybe I don't have the desire or, you know, I, I'll never be good at, at a particular skill. And therefore, I need to delegate that to someone else. And where and see where that comes from is years and years of scars and trial and error and then also just self-awareness because we all have our limitations like I can. I can do budgeting, okay, but I don't like budgeting. And as a result of that, I actually have got myself into some financial 
uh, challenges with my business because I'm just like, that's not my strength and blah, 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 et cetera, and so forth. And so does that mean that, you know, uh, it's imposter syndrome because now I'm talking to an accountant and the accountant is, he or she is way better than me? No, it's just like, I don't give a rip about learning that. I'm going to delegate it to someone else. So it's not that I experience imposter syndrome. What it is, is more of eventually getting to that position, a point in your life where you know what you're good at, what you're not, and what you should delegate. And do you think that you experience that over time? Yes. You experience that over time, over um, your own personal experiences. And then also, also by observing other people. And that's, that, that, that just take, it does take some time. And um, it's really, it's really also part of believing in yourself. And I believe that believing in yourself, it's, it's like a, it, it's an emotional muscle. It's like working out. If you want to get stronger, you got to go work out, right? You got to get some resistance, resistance, right? You're not going to build muscle or get, you know, um, healthy by sitting on the couch and doing nothing. And so that's part of what I mentioned earlier that we all go through these challenges in life, right? And so the more these challenges that we go through or the more that we see other people or also we reflect back on our own family struggles, we can learn from that if we choose to. Uh, Oscar, just for uh, reference here, so um, our Berkeley MEng class of 2021 profile, our average age of students is between 19 to 22. So that is reason why I asked you about that, if that's something that you realize over time. And <clears throat> another question, you know, um, that comes to mind about this point is, does it ever go away? Does imposter syndrome ever go away? Or, yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I don't think imposter syndrome ever goes away. Um, I I do know people that um, I mean I'm hey next, in about le less than six months I'm going to be 52 years old. I'm old enough to those of you that are on here. I'm old enough to probably be your dad. Okay, I know people that are my age or older that they still experience that imposter syndrome. Okay, so it's always there. What I believe that we can't do is, you know, you can't really see it. Well, you can't, but this is a bottle of water. Okay. And imagine you put um, some dark ink in this uh, water and it's almost empty. You, know, you can't really tell right now, but if you pour some black ink, a, a, a spot in here, you're going to be able to see it. But if you keep pouring more water into this bottle and fill it up, eventually you dilute that black ink. That black ink is imposter syndrome. And so the water is our self-awareness, our belief in ourselves. And the more you believe in yourself, okay, the more self-aware you are, what you can and can't do, and you pour it into this water, it's not like the imposter syndrome goes away, but you dilute it and you're able to navigate through life. Hi, Oscar. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to say that, you know, a realization for me is craft equals fertilizer. Um, and then the other part is, um, you know, I, as I talk to students about um, their career journeys, how they make decisions um, and their experiences, life experiences with regard to the careers that they want. 
um, how can one help them overcome feelings of imposter syndrome when interviewing or, you know, sometimes going through school um, as a woman or as a person of color or as somebody who um, did not grow up here in the United States? Uh, how can, because that's part of my experience when I was an international student and uh, I have affinity with um, in, my students who, who, who feel the same way, how can we help or how can I help or how can you know, we overcome that feeling whenever like, hey, I really want this job. I know I'm qualified, but why didn't they you know, reach out to me when I submitted my interview or um, how come they didn't move me to the next stage of the interview process and things like that? Because it, it, it's like a downer too. Yes, yes. There is no question about it that, I mean, we constantly are disappointed in life, right? We go after an opportunity and we don't get it, et cetera, and so forth. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give you an example, uh, Dione. So prior to transitioning from tech into, you know, that career transition to working at the chamber, I actually applied for the public information officer position at the local police department very grueling interviewing process. And um, I didn't get the position. I was one of the two finalists. The uh, chief of police ended up promoting someone from within. And uh, I asked the chief for some feedback. And the feedback uh, that he gave me was that um, during the oral public speaking interview, there was a panel of about five lieutenants, captains, grading you, evaluating you, and so forth, that the feedback uh, was that my, my uh, speaking style was kind of a little too aggressive. Now, if you think I'm aggressive today, back then I was like way less, okay? So I was kind of shocked because my natural personality is an introvert, right? So I'm like, what? This is too aggressive. Like, I'm, I'm a nice person. I'm a nice guy. I, I took it, you know, as like a negative, right? And I'm like, okay, well, Fast forward to today, and like I said, today I'm like more energetic, fired up. Some people might be like, "You're gosh, you're in people's face," and the feedback that I receive today oftentimes says, "Oscar, I love your energy. I love your passion. Oh my gosh, you know, attracting." What's my point? My point is that we need to realize who we are, what our values are, and accept that we are not going to be a fit for every single opportunity out there. And, 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 and when the sooner, the younger we come to that realization, oh my gosh, the more we're going to be cruising and happy. You know what? Happy folks. Because just like I tell, like some of you that are, that are listening either to listen to the podcast or on here, I'm not going to relate to you. And that's okay. Because I'm not supposed to relate to every single one of you. All right. I'm not. Okay. That's impossible. That is like the wrong thing to do expectation to place on ourselves to try to make everyone happy. No, I'm not trying to make everyone happy. What I am trying to do is be your friend, but it takes two people. You need to also want to be my friend, you know? So that's one thing. The second thing is, is that um, when you are interviewing for an opportunity, you also need to know what you want in an opportunity. I have made the mistake where I just took an opportunity for a paycheck and then six weeks into it, I left the company because I didn't follow my own advice because I didn't like the company culture. There was just not a fit, right? And so you need to uh, um, also be aware of that uh, uh, as well. So those are some things that I would recommend. 
Are there any questions from the student audience for Oscar about this or anything you would like to share? I'm going to go ahead and move on to uh, another point, Oscar, if uh, that's okay here. Um, sure. I would like your thoughts about um, how does this, how does imposter syndrome impact education, especially now in isolation? What are your thoughts about that? Oh, yeah, you know, so here's the thing is, is that in this whole virtual online learning, it is totally, it's new for everyone. It's new as a student, it's new um, as a professor, as an administrator, or, you know, in your roles as career advisors, etc. It's all new. Like, we are now trying to figure out how to virtually engage uh, with others, because as human beings, we're just naturally creatures that we need to be around people. We need to socialize, and so this virtual uh, is 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 challenging. Now, there's also the generational uh, aspect too that comes into play in that the younger generation, those that have grown up with cell phones and the internet and you know online gaming and so forth, like it might be easier transition, but. This whole uh, uh, imposter syndrome with, re with regards to uh, education is, is that what I believe is that needs to happen, I kind of refer to it as kind of like there's an influence gap that is happening right now. Meaning, typically those in academia, professors, administrators that are 40 and older, again, my generation and older, that didn't grow up with the internet technology, social media, we are have been used to communicating the traditional way, face-to-face. -face. And we lack the ability to connect with students through this medium here. And it's a change and it's an adjustment. And so I, I feel like there's, to some extent, there's also an imposter syndrome that's being experienced by academia, people, professors, et cetera, right? Um, I mean, not long ago, I was it last week, two weeks ago, I did, uh, I was helping a friend of mine with this campaign and um, we were using StreamYard and basically StreamYard <laughs> sends a link to someone, you click on that link, open it on a Chrome browser and that's it, you're like on live. It's like Zoom, you just click on that link. And the gentleman didn't have his Chrome browser on his computer, so okay, fine, no, no big deal. He was downloading it. He couldn't then install it. So I'm like, okay, what's the workaround? This is not his name, but I'm like, hey, Jeff, how about you just clicking on the link on your phone, you know, on the email that I sent you, and then you can just use the camera on your phone. Uh, Oscar, I don't have my email connected to uh, my phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like who does it? You know, obviously he didn't. But my whole point to this story is how there is this, Disconnect, there's this also feeling of imposter syndrome both ways. What I think one of the ways to uh, to kind of come closer to the, to the middle is one is, is that obviously patience, okay? But, but what we need to do is both parties need to kind of change and start adapting more and more to the new way of connecting with folks. Because I have a feeling that we're gonna be virtual at least for another year, potentially maybe another year and a half or so. Uh, and we need to be able to figure out and innovate different ways to build and nourish those relationships virtually.
Thank you for sharing that story, Oscar. I think, you know, um, transitioning over to remote, there's been so many like funny <laughs> Zoom stories. Yes. Uh, so yeah, th thank you for sharing that. Um, so earlier on, you mentioned that one of the ways in which we need to address um, imposter syndrome is to dilute it. You know, you brought up the water bottle as an example. Um, and then you mentioned, yes, the, the, the black um, would represent the um, imposter syndrome that we really need to, uh, yeah, dilute it. Yes. So what are the ways in which you think that we can continue to address this as a campus community? How is this something that we can normalize so students particularly don't feel like this is, there's something wrong with me? Yeah. Because there is nothing wrong with you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Folks, we all experience this. I mean, at every step of the way we experience this imposter syndrome. I mean, I myself, for example, um, I, I do career development uh, training for, again, um, professionals that have been out in the workforce for 20 plus years. And I see the insecurities. So one is, folks, the, for those of you that are, that are young professionals, realize that everyone experiences insecurities throughout life, throughout life. Some people might be better at masking those insecurities, kind of putting that shield, but we all experience those insecurities. And when I realized that, that we all experience these insecurities, I'm like, wow, I'm normal. Like I'm normal. Like, you know, it's like, like, I mean, who hasn't had a booger on their nose and didn't realize it? I think all of us had, okay? So I mean, like, all right, let's just, we're all normal here, okay? We're all the same. Secondly, it, so acknowledging that, that we all have our insecurities, our imperfections. Number two is what you two are doing in other people, and that is that you are providing a platform, a medium where you are bringing speakers or you are, you know, through podcasts where you are having people share their experiences. And that also helps you know, if I was to listen to someone else, and I do, sometimes I listen to podcasts of uh, other people talking about imposter syndrome, and these are people that are very accomplished. And I'm like, wow, huh? It, it's like, it instills a belief in me, right? Like if that person can do it, despite their challenges, I can too, okay? And then the other thing too, the, the third thing is, is that, that realize that we shouldn't, don't look folks to impress people inspire people through your imperfections inspire people through your imperfections think of someone you highly admire and they tell you the challenges they went through how they overcame those challenges and what are the lessons that they learned i don't know about you but i have newfound respect for that person because i'm like wow that is so cool. So those are some ways that I feel that in academia and certainly what it is that you two are doing uh, can help normalize this imposter syndrome and dilute it, as I mentioned it uh, before, with positivity. Oscar, that, that, that this quote, inspire people through your imperfections, you know, Dione and I both agree that this is, this is great. You know, this is definitely something that I will keep in mind as well. Dioni, did you want to add anything? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit of self-disclosure as an inspiration yes. of this um, um, quote. 
Thank you, Oscar. One of the things that um, I experienced when I moved here to the States is when I was looking for a job, and I keep on saying this because it's something that helped me overcome a lot of things, is one, one, of, um, one of the people that I interacted with said that, oh, Dioni, how you write your cover letter sounds like or looks like an email scammer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I kept going back to it because I was like, okay, um, am I <laughs> writing like an email scammer or because of, you know, my background that it, uh, I grew up wearing writing emails so polite, sir, madam, um, you know, good day and things like that. That's how I grew up, um, a British way of writing cover letters and yes. um, doing resumes. So when coming here, it's all different. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> let me figure that out. And, you know, I, I was able to move away from people thinking about, hey, I, I'm different, and, but more of, um, it's okay that I'm different. And yes. that's where I got to where I am right now, I think it's because yes. I think differently and my experiences provided people um, a different perspective, which is what's really important right now. Yes. So you, you know that, yeah, Dione, I, I, what you just said right now about thinking differently and being different and it has helped you get to where you are. That's another thing that I've realized as I've gotten older because growing up, not only am I a first generation, but I was on the free and reduced lunch program. I told you, you know, my parents' education, et cetera, and so forth, right? And growing up, I was made fun of for being different, for being a minority. And typically the word minority has a negative connotation. And as I got older and went into the uh, corporate world and working from a business standpoint, one day the light bulb just went on. And I'm like, wait a minute, companies are always looking to be different from the competition. And it was that word different. And I said, if, if being different is good for a company, why can't being, being different be good for Oscar Garcia? And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. I have been groomed my entire life to learn how to be different. And guess what? Am I weird? Heck yeah, I'm weird. Okay, and I love it. Okay, am I a minority? Yes, because anyone who's ever accomplished anything of significance is a minority. I don't look at it as a negative. I look at it from a quantity standpoint. And, and it's like, I embrace that. You know, a few weeks ago, I had someone, you know, a friend of mine asked me like, Oscar, how do you identify yourself? She was referring to my ethnicity. I'm like, I identify myself as a minority. Like, what, what are you talking about? And I explained to her, okay? So yes, my whole thing today and everything that I do is uh, observe the masses and do the opposite. Observe the masses and do the opposite. Virtual claps. I gave you a virtual clap there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Oscar, for sharing that with us. Um, you know, you you mentioned uh, your philosophy. You kind of touched about that a little bit on how to address imposter syndrome. Um, there's a quote, there's a famous quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, um, that I'm pretty sure um, people may have um, heard about. It's the, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. I love Good this time. quote. Yes. I love this quote. And also, um, FYI, the um, 
a friendly fact is that this was also noted in Princess Diaries Part One. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that movie. <laughs> yeah, I just loved it. <laughs> so I, I, I really love that. Um, you know, we can be our own worst critic. I think yes. we are our own worst critic, right? Would yes. you all agree? Yes. Hey, Claire. You know what? Just a couple. Of, I think it was yesterday, or the day before. This is another thing that I've been seeing a lot on social media, right? What would you say to your younger self, right? And then people will chime in, right? Can I tell you something? Who gives a rip what I would say to my younger self? Because I can't go back in time. The important thing is, what am I telling myself today? Today, I can't change the past. Can I go back and, you know, make sure that my dad was no longer an alcoholic? No, my dad's dead. But today... Everything that I feed myself, right? I have the ability to keep pouring positivity into this water bottle and change myself. And so, you know, to your point is, yes, we can be our worst critic. In fact, most of the time we are, okay? Most of the time. Now, that doesn't dismiss folks. Don't be going out there and be like, you know, there is no systemic racism and this and that. Yes, there is. Okay? But guess what? I also need to focus inward and what it is that I feed my brain, who I associate with, who I let into my circle of influence, because there's a lot of people that have emotional colds, and I don't want to catch that cold. Yes, yes, defi definitely. Um, let's take a pause here. Um, if there's any questions from the audience or Dioni, if you'd like to share any input, like we've covered a lot of ground here and, um, you know, any insights you would like to share, you know, please do so. Or, or please go ahead and um, chat it in the chat box. Um, that would be great too. Um, yes. Yeah, I would like to give the airtime to Anna and Shalin if there, if there are like experiences that they want to check in. Um, or questions that they'd like to ask, definitely, please, you know, feel free to um, unmute yourself or type it in the chat box. Yeah, I think what was mentioned earlier about having, like, being rejected on job applications that you're perfectly qualified for, like, it definitely is really hard, makes me feel like I don't really know what I'm doing, but at the same time, like, what, as to what you said, like, maybe that job position just isn't right for me. Maybe the company isn't right for me. So I think that was just really helpful insight to hear. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, you're welcome, Anna. And, um, you know, again, like I, like I said, like it stings, no, no question about it. And what I encourage, you know, anyone is when you do get rejected, you know, recognize that feeling, embrace that feeling as awful as it is and heal from it. You know, whatever, take a day, a week, you know, you know, don't dwell on it for too long, but then just pick yourself back up and move forward. Uh, you know, that opportunity that I mentioned that I got rejected from, uh, it, actually, believe it or not, looking back today, it was actually a blessing. And the reason is because what I've realized about my personality is, is that I'm, I, I don't like structure. And in that position, it would have been very structured, very hierarchical. I like, again, that entrepreneur, like, I don't like to go and get 10 people's signature just to buy a pen. All right. Like, I make a decision quick and let's move. And, and so at the time, I didn't realize that about that opportunity. I was bummed, you know, for a few weeks. But like I said today, looking back, oh my gosh, it was actually a blessing, you know? So, yeah. 
Just um, charging the hill, Anna. <laughs> yeah, Anna, thank you for that question and for sharing your insights. Um, something that I want to share is that, you know, when I was younger and, and I, as I was um, getting ready to graduate from college, um, you know, it was a struggle looking for a job. And I forgot who uh, shared this with me. Um, yeah, I, for <laughs> I forgot if it was a friend or a, a former colleague. Um, but um, something that, you know, still resonates with me today is um, sometimes rejection is a blessing in disguise. And I yes. honestly believe that. I'm a firm believer in that, you know. Yes, yes. Big time, big time. Yeah, we just, we don't, we, again, in the moment, doesn't we, it's hard, you know, and it sounds like it's a cliche, like, I don't want to hear that. Right, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but no, absolutely, uh, it does. And, you know, Claire, to your point about early on, and those of you, you know, uh, that are early in your career right now and start, one of the things that I encourage you to do is when you're pursuing opportunities is take what I refer to as the buffet approach. When you, we go to a, a buffet, well, when we used to, because right now we can't really, okay. But when we used to go to buffets, you know, the, the, the food, right, is all, all different types of food is lined out there. And I'm a picky eater. And usually what I do is I walk up to the buffet line and I kind of check it out, make sure there's at least one item that I'm going to like. I don't want to go hungry. The rest of the food, do what our parents always said. Don't say you don't like something until you try it. So when it comes to opportunities, go try something. And if you don't like it, A, you realize you don't like that type of work, that industry. Or if you do like it, guess what? Keep doing more of it. But don't like pigeonhole yourself and put all this stress. Like I have to do A, B, C, and D because life doesn't work that way, folks. You know, oftentimes, in fact, I'm going to tell you something. The more you are of something, life is going to uproot that and completely change it around. If I'm too loosey-goosey, guess what? Something's going to come and bite me in the rear end so I can get more organized. But if you're too organized, the right's going to get pulled out of you and it's going to be like, all right, go put that puzzle back together again. Hey, well, I want to be mindful of our time. It's 10.58. Um, but I want to thank Oscar Garcia so much for joining us today, speaking from your personal experiences and from the heart. You are definitely inspiring. Um, Joseph, who had to leave, said, you know, thank you for really uplifting experience. So thank you, Joseph, for being here. Anna, Jaolin, um, Dioni, thank you so much for sharing your experience as well. And um, Oscar, did you want to share a little bit about um, your podcast? I you you mentioned that you do have one. I do. Yes. Yeah, uh, no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, everyone, uh, I uh, I have a podcast. Uh, came out uh, September a couple months ago, and uh, you can find it on all the major platforms. But uh, the title of it is Career Talk with OG, okay, with Oscar Garcia. And it's all career related. Um, I also have uh, speakers from different industries that I interview sharing their own career journey. So uh, so it's very uh, informational, inspirational. And there's also, uh, it's also full of a lot of um, practical and actionable tips. I like to keep things really simple, folks, okay? I mean, if you want someone highly educated, like, Go talk to uh, Dione and Claire, okay? Like, they can give you that, okay? They have PhDs in career development, all right? <laughs> but anyway, <Everybody> so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, career talk with OG. Yeah. 
And also you can connect with um, Oscar on LinkedIn, if that's okay, yes, Oscar. Absolutely. Okay, okay great. Um, before we uh, end though, I also want to remind our students who are here with us today and also who are listening that we have um, a lots of great resources um, at the Tang Center. So the University Health Services uh, Center, sorry, um, has a lot of great resources on dealing with stress management and anxiety. So I highly, highly encourage you to please check out those resources, which can be found um, on our student handbook under resources through our MN student portal. And you can also connect with me and Dione um, through our virtual front desk. If you ever want to chat, if you or you can always book an appointment there or just email us directly and we're happy to um, chat and you know, just please know that we are here to support you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, uh, Claire and Dione and everyone here, uh, Anna, Joseph, Shailen, I appreciate it. And um, you know, just, keep this, uh, just keep marching forward and don't let anyone steal your dream. Well said. Go Bears! <laughs> All right, go Bears! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com. Thank you.